Hi, this is Areej Noor, and this is the podcast of Triple R's The Wrap, a weekly radio show weaving conversations about culture, politics, literature, art and music into a weekly mix. Broadcast live on Triple R from Kulin Nations land in Melbourne, Australia, every Wednesday. Hope you enjoy the podcast, and if you have any questions or feedback, feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website. Leah Flanagan is the national manager of Natsumo at APRA, as well as a consummate industry expert, as an acclaimed singer-songwriter and arts manager. Over at Natsumo, they have a new strategic plan and have put together a masterclass series for 2021, helping develop songcraft, creativity and professional development for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander music creators. Leah, thank you so much for taking the time. No worries. Thank you for having me on your show. In terms of having this body that exists to support Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander musicians. From your experience over the years, what are the needs of Indigenous musicians within the industry? Yeah, well, as the peak body for Australian songwriters and composers, the needs are varied. It depends on the region. It depends on stage of career. So identify the needs for our membership as a whole. There's, we have to look at different strategies and, and different ways of consulting with our membership to best advocate and kind of design programs or work with organisations to design programs are best suited for the needs of our members wherever they are based in the country. For a lot of our members that are contemporary music practitioners, their needs are just the same Mm. as all songwriters and composers, right? But what we lack is the representation in, say, the wider commercial industry in management, publishing, festivals and events and things like that. So without the infrastructure around our little songwriter and composer ecosystem, there's still gaps in representation for our composers and our songwriters across the entire music industry. So it's broad. I mean, it has to be broad because it's music, right, and it's art, and (laughs) the needs of each individual artist will be very, very different. But the industry can also be quite difficult to navigate, particularly when you're just starting out. There are so many different layers and different people and organisations and media and all of that stuff can be really kind of confronting for (laughs) musicians. Is that something that has come up? Yeah, I mean, we we have some incredibly successful songwriters and composers that have navigated that world quite well. I imagine not without a great deal of difficulty (laughs) by any means, but, you know, they're operating as really, really successful commercial artists. But then there is a demographic of our artists that do fit that mould, and it is daunting. It is daunting to put yourself out there as a creator because ultimately people that have a passion for creating music, art, they don't do it as, like, you don't think about the marketing, Mm. you don't think about... You know, you think about creating something really, really beautiful. So the expectation that artists know how to then take that art and turn that into something or have a sustainable music career, the pathways are still ones that are forming within the Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander music industry across the country. Because, like I said, we still don't have a great deal of representation in the kind of management And when I mean management, I don't just mean like managers, I mean across the wider commercial industry. We just need more people employed within the music sector and the art sector in general to best represent our artists and and try and help them navigate those career paths in ways that are a bit more culturally safe where the artist doesn't feel as culturally compromised. 
Yeah. And they're some of the problem. The music industry and the creative arts industry is pretty amazing in this country, but also there are some shortcomings. And one is that representation of people in power who do make decisions. And in some ways, it's a cutthroat industry. And the fact that there aren't necessarily as many people out there, Aboriginal, Torres Strait Islander, people of colour, whoever it might be, in those bigger managerial positions, as you say, whether it's in festivals or whether it's in, as you said, publishing or even in these bigger industry spaces. What's the importance of Natsumo being an Indigenous-led initiative? I'm an employee of APRA Ampol, and so I came on board to work with the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Music Office, which had been established within APRA Ampol's Writers' Services Department since 2012, I believe. We identified that we needed the ability to run our own programs and work to a way that's going to best represent our members, whilst also making sure that their rights are looked after mm. as members of APRA AMCOS. We want our writers to be understanding what cop- the value of their copyright. We want them to understand the value in releasing music and how they can turn that into a profitable revenue stream for themselves. Like mm. that, they, they're, they're things that we, we care about as well. But on the side, I'm able to go out there and advocate mm-hmm for our members and advocate for opportunities and meaningful opportunities and meaningful change. Things like working with the screen sector to try and figure out why we don't have more Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander composers Mm -hmm. being employed by the screen sector. What are the gaps? Once we identify what those gaps are, what are the steps and the pathways to get more participation within that sector? Working with other publishers, APRAMCOS is made up of songwriters and publishers, so working with some publishers to get them to understand things like copyright ownership for cultural intellectual property. It's so broad what it is that the office, I guess, is doing, and it's still early stages. A lot is in the advocacy space, and ultimately we want the music industry to be literate in Indigenous protocol, right? We just want it not to be an artist of culture, not to be deemed as foreign or ethnic. Mm. You know, it's like it's normal. Culture is normal. For people that are of cultural backgrounds, that is their everyday, Mm -hmm. right? Why should you be scrutinised by a predominantly white music industry? (laughs) Just because you come from a culture. (laughs) So it's trying to normalise that aspect of cultural creators to a degree. But also we have a huge demographic of cultural people that are cultural creators. Like they are contemporary creators. So they need to be seen like that and respected as that. I could speak to like a lot in the advocacy space, but in order for for the music industry to do better... AMCOS also needs to do better. So I'm working really, really closely within our executive leadership team, with the board, and especially with our legal departments and our human resources departments on ways that APRA can be better at recruiting and making sure that we have... If if APRA AMCOS wants to be a culturally diverse workplace and that they're working to these strategies to make sure that they are meaningfully becoming a cultural diverse workplace and also then working with the ICIP side of things where we're talking about having more conversations about how we can register work for artists that are cultural creators that don't necessarily fit the Western model and Western concepts of ownership. Mm, Yeah. It's interesting. I've had lots of kind of music industry conversations with people on this show and on air and off air about how it can be really difficult and how it can be really difficult to be your truer self and be able to perform your music and make your music and create and have the facilities to do that, but then to also be who you are authentically within the context of what would probably be quite a rigid industry, particularly here in Australia. And a lot of the time people would say, so like, what can we do? We don't have any power. What can we do to 
to change anything anyway, whether it is where how you're categorised in a genre for an award or whatever it might be. And it just feels like this is like steps, Leah. I feel like these seem like tangible good steps for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander artists and that is game-changing. Yeah, well, it is steps. And we have artists that have broken through and they've worked really, really hard to get where they are despite the industry not quite understanding that aspect of them as cultural people and cultural creators, right? So in that sense, they've broken through, but there's still a long way to go between bridging what they've been able to do and where that type of education with the industry and for emerging artists all starts. So the office, the National Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Music Office, you know, we, we are a peak body that represents songwriters and composers. That's our lane. That's where we are working to support the music industry and to support creators. So we need so many parties to come together in order to really, really fulfil the blue sky vision of having this bilingual music industry or this culturally diverse, culturally literate music industry. (laughs) If we can be part of that change, then I'm very, very excited to be part of it. But, uh, you know, there are so many things happening in each state and territory where there are people doing wonderful things for their community. And that's another exciting thing that we get to do is connect with them as well. Yeah. And the music is just so good, right? Like I get have the opportunity to spend three hours a week in here playing some of the music that I've listened to over a week or over a few months. And the stuff that's coming out of this country in the last, you know, forever, but especially in this last little while, is just so strong and so incredible. And I feel so excited for this industry. I think that there is lots of awesome steps that are being taken from all different places, as you said. Like, you you know, you guys are doing something. There's stuff happening here in Melbourne. There's different stuff happening around the country to kind of enrich this industry and, and ensure that the artists are able to be sustained and then stick around because their music is so good. And so that's just – it just feels really like an exciting time, as well as being a bit of a weird time in the midst of COVID and all of the kind of the fact that the industry is paused – it does feel like a really exciting time. Yeah, it's it's a time for reflection, really, isn't it? Mm. People aren't so many people aren't as as they're not moving, right? Yeah. There's less movement in a sense with the, with the live sector being affected in the way that it has. We can't travel, and people are really looking at their business models and going. I mean, they have to look at their business models yeah. to go. How are we going to be profitable in this industry? They're also looking at themselves and going, how can we be better? How can we actually be better for the artists or the musicians that we're working with? And that's what I've found really interesting, having those types of conversations with a lot of music industry businesses. That level of reflection is come at a time where we can really push some meaningful change. And meaningful contributions, because, you know, once again... The commercial music industry, it's its not necessarily diverse. It's a very wide industry. Yeah. So <laughs> we need them to come to the party as well and to understand that if the music industry looks a certain way, then the artists that they're pushing look a certain way. Yeah. Is there a problem there? Yeah. And the consideration and consideration of who the audience is looks a certain way. Like I think sometimes what's often forgotten in these conversations is that non-white people like music in this country as, as well and like Australian music, whatever that is. And so thinking about who your audience is, like we buy music, we, like we also enjoy festivals and lineups are also important to us. And so actually engaging with who the audience is and thinking about who that actually might be and not just who you think you are is, yeah, Absolutely. it's huge. Yeah, I guess, isn't that true how much the audience perspective is left out of the discussion, right? Yes. It's like, 
Isn't yeah, it? It, it, it's so true. It's like, well, what are people, what are people consuming? What are people listening to? And a lot of the, a lot of the music that I listen to is not getting played on those commercial platforms. The power of community radio shows like yourself, like the shows that you program, they are programming really great cultural content. And like I said, whether people are identifying themselves as being cultural creators, others, or they're just people of culture creating. Mm-hmm. Look, I love it. It's great. It has been fabulous chatting with you. Just the last question. How can people get in touch? How can artists register to be part of Natsumo? Well, you need to be an APRA member, APRA MCOS member. Once again, we are the peak body for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander songwriters and composers. But we also want to know what's happening for our music creators, even if you're not an APRA MCOS member, because... We want to be there to support the growth of the music sector in general. So you can contact us at natsmo at apra.com.au or we're active on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. So please feel free to contact us. Once COVID lifts and we have actual offices, we'll have a number as well. Yeah. So. yeah. Leah, thank you so much for your time and for this really awesome work that you're doing. I really hope to see some changes and I'm also excited to just like go see some live music at some point in the next <laughs> decade if that's allowed. Yes, good, good luck. I feel sorry for you. I've, not sorry, I just feel bad for you, Mob and Victoria, been in lockdown for such a long time. So, yes, go see some live music at Soul Food. <laughs> Thank you so much, Leah. Okay, bye. Leah Flanagan is National Manager of Natsumo at APRA. They have a new strategic plan over there and have put together a masterclass series for 2021 helping develop song craft, creativity and professional development for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander music creators. I feel like this industry is slowly changing and it's very, very exciting. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Triple R's The Rap a weekly radio show weaving conversations about culture, politics, literature, art and music into a weekly mix. Broadcast live on Triple R from Kulin Nation's land in Melbourne, Australia, every Wednesday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast and if you have any questions or feedback, please feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website.